Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UJ Sports Live. My name is Rodney Nabulsi. I will be your host for the next hour. I am joined from the Watch Along Studio headquarters over yeah. at Jim Donnan's house. We have Dane Young and Jim Donnan, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, the star of the show, the main attraction, the number one in your hearts and in your programs. I don't know what number coach we used to wear in high school or college, but we're just going to give him number one because he's a badass and that's what the number he deserves. So, What was your high school number, coach? High school or college? Uh, let's start with high school and then go to college. Well, the funny thing in high school, I wasn't going to play my senior year because I was going to focus on basketball. And then they took my number. So I was 33 my senior year, which I didn't like too much, but it made me understand that I had to work my way back. But I was 14 in college. All right, so we'll retire 14 for this show. Nobody gets to wear a number 14 jersey uh, for the remainder of UGA Sports Live's uh, put together. A big shout out to our sponsors, of course, Academia Brewing Company, Your Pie Pizzas, uh, our friends over at Athens Ford, and of course, Dead Soxy. We appreciate all of them being sponsors. We have had a lot of requests from people about being sponsors of our show and being sponsors of the Watch Along Show. That's where we do our Watch Along Show for each Georgia football game there in that studio. And uh, if you want to be a uh, have a sponsorship, a four-hour-long commercial about your business, hit me up, and uh, we'll bring on a couple of other sponsors. Of course, shout-out to Leon Former and Bud Light Seltzer and Athens Ford for sponsoring the Watch Long Show. It was real nice of Coach to make a studio at his house just for us. Yeah. <laughs> it was very convenient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we got Elvis in the background there, and, of course, we've had a lot of people. We've had some guests sit in on us, so we'll have some guests uh, hopefully in the future. Uh Coach, I want to jump right into it's May 31st, last day of May. Uh, tomorrow's June. To me, June is summer. It means players are arriving and uh, you know all the freshmen are report. But actually, the freshmen are reporting today. And then we just saw some uh, reporting from our own Anthony Dasher down in Destin, Florida. It is time for the SEC media days. They have not had – it's not SEC media – the SEC meetings. So SEC meetings are going on in Destin. Those have been off – you know, remote or canceled for the last few years because of COVID. So they're finally back to having the meetings. In other words, it feels like we're taking a huge step closer to the season getting here. I'm feeling great. I'm excited about it. But tell us a little bit about either the players that are coming in or what goes on the SEC meetings, the the votes that are going down, the presidents are down there. It's a lot going on. And well, the floor is yours, Coach. You know, today uh, is a really – signal day for so many high school seniors that are reporting for the first time to college. Uh, basically, they're getting in their dorm assignments and uh, they got people over there showing them, you know, where all to go and get situated as far as taking the buses and things around campus to classes. But uh, just kind of orientation day for the uh, freshmen and any new walk-ons that are going to be on the squad. Then tomorrow they'll take their physicals and uh, go through a complete battery of uh, all kind of tests to uh, ensure their physical capabilities. And then uh, tomorrow afternoon they'll be getting in the saddle, so to speak, uh, probably doing some uh, workouts and things like that. And then uh, tomorrow starts the camp scene for uh, Georgia football. Uh, uh, initially the first few of them are just kind of a tryout camp where kids come in for couple hours and they work them through their position skills and uh, then uh, they have I think three days of those and then next week they have a little kids camp where not necessarily little kids but younger kids that are more 
geared into just finding out what Georgia football is all about. And then they'll have some seven-on-seven camps where they'll bring high school teams in to compete and uh, work hard at, uh, you know, developing their skills. But it gives a chance to see how they look against other teams and uh, practice in a control setting there where uh, they're going. The Georgia coaches are looking at them too. As far as the uh, SEC uh, coaches meetings, uh, from what I understand, I don't know if it's changed, but it used to be the football, basketball, men's and women's basketball, and the administrators for the uh, other sports would all meet down in Destin. And uh, you have basically a day where football's front and center where you talk to the compliance people about new rules. The uh, supervisor of officials will come in and talk to you about rule changes that are coming up for the next year and also some things that uh, happened during last year that they want to work on with their different officiating crews to uh, help ensure better officiating. And then uh, gives you a chance for the coaches to ask questions about maybe things that they felt like uh, would help improve things too. And then uh, you meet about an hour with the commissioner uh, talking about what the projections are for scheduling here with the SEC, probably 2023 or 2024 uh, Oklahoma and Texas entering the league. And uh, also some of the TV people come in to talk about uh, their role in helping you and you helping them. Uh, usually some producers from CBS, ESPN uh, and people like that will meet with you. So really uh, tomorrow I think is really when the, the uh, football coaches really get hot and heavy in there as far as, uh, and it'll be hot and heavy with Nick and, uh, and Jimbo in there. That'll be for sure. Uh, I can't wait to see the irony there when those two guys come in the room, that'll be a lot of fun, but uh, we'll talk about a few stories over the years, but usually speaking, it is very uh, straightforward situation. It's all laid out to have a, uh, you know, a schedule that you're going to go over and all and but guys like Spurrier and people like that, all they want to do is get it over so they can get out and play golf. So, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it wasn't a real, uh, contentious situation when I was there. It was very just straight out, you know, basically listen to the commissioner and listen to the uh, rule supervisor. And, uh, at that time is Bobby Gaston who uh, did a good job working with the coaches. And so I think it's just a, a good time to air out anything among your, the coaches together there where you're in the room together. And then uh, maybe, uh, as I mentioned in the get-go, learn some of the new – go over the new rules that are coming in for not only football but recruiting and compliance, whatever it might be. So uh, with that said, that's pretty much the way it is. They have a – cocktail party where everybody's supposed to go out there and shoot the breeze with everybody else. And it's about as close to being a drive-by as I've ever seen. I mean, <laughs> you just walk out there and, and drive by in your walking shoes and, and it's over with, but uh, just, you can imagine the people that are staying there that are hanging out are usually not the ones that, uh, that you expect the coaches to be there. So it's, 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 it's a nice deal, but, Something I don't think you want to stay longer 15 minutes for. <laughs> if anyone's curious, uh, in the diagram that I saw with the placards, 
Kirby Smart in the main meetings is sitting in between Mark Stoops and Billy Napier, which means absolutely nothing unless you want it to, because a lot of people do care about who you sit beside. <laughs> well, they got seating arrangements for them now. That, that's what it shows on here. They have placards in front of chairs. Hey, when you well, have a I think that I think that might be for when they speak to the media, maybe uh, when they get up. But may, if they got seating charts in, that's pretty. Uh, I mean, it's going to be really something when Nick and uh, Jimbo sit beside each other. Well, they're not beside each other. I'm trying to see where uh, it's saving. That's why you, you, when you when you put together a wedding and you assign people to different tables, you know. Uh, cousin Bernice can't sit next to Claudia because you know they'll kill each other. So you put them at table six and table seventeen. So you separate them out. They have they have four SEC officials in between uh, Fisher yeah. and Saban. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just uh, you know that might be an overall meeting, but I know we have one meeting where we're just like in, just the coaches by themselves. But I got to give you a couple stories here before I forget them because uh, I, I've done as usual. My usual preparation for this show has been intense. Uh, <laughs> And uh, not too hard to come up with stories like this, but everybody knows how organized Lou Holtz is. I mean, the guy uh, over the years is just very, uh, very independent and he's his own man and he's in charge and all. And, and he likes to be the, the guy. And the, the first meeting we had when he was there, uh, every year one of the coaches is in charge of the, the meeting from the standpoint of what the commissioner gives you to go over. I mean, you, you kind of, you're, you're the secretary of the meeting. It goes in alphabetical order. And the year that Lou's first year, they had uh, Woody Woodenhofer from Vanderbilt was in charge. So everybody knows Woody's laid back and everything. And at nine o'clock, there was about maybe eight or nine of us sitting down. And then there's some other people outside. And I mean, it wasn't exactly a nine o'clock start like it's supposed to be. Right. So about 9.07, everybody gets down. And the first thing before Woody can say anything, is Lou says, you know, every place I've ever been, when he says a meeting starts at 9 o'clock, that's when we start, 9 o'clock. And, and everybody say, come on, you know, to yourself, what are you doing, Lou? Here We're in a little easy-ass meeting here. <laughs> and uh, so nobody said anything. So we, and then we go. And, and we're going to take a break. So Woody said, hey, we're going to take a break and everybody be back in at 1015 and we'll get going again. And you got to remember, Lou's already busted us for not being there at nine o'clock. Right. So about uh, 1019, Lou's not back, you know, so he walks in there and sits down. All of us are sitting there. And you, you got to remember the first thing Lou said every every time I've ever been in a meeting, we say we're going to be at nine o'clock. You know, you're supposed to be there. So the first thing Woody says, you know, everything, every time we talk about being back at nine, at 10 15 in a meeting at the SEC, we mean for you to be back, Lou. <laughs> I mean, that was cold blooded now. I mean, and then everybody just started laughing so hard and Lou didn't like it. So then the commissioner comes in and starts assigning the, uh, the dates that we're going to be on the uh, SEC media days. So, I mean, if if he tells you you got to be here on Tuesday at ten o'clock, that's when you go. I mean, Wednesday at one o'clock. I mean, it's all set, you know. So he goes over the schedule, and Lou says, "I can't be there." Then Roy said, "What do you mean you can't be there?" He said, "I can't be there." He said, "I got some schedule that day." So Roy Kramer's pretty strong. Everybody knows Roy. You know, he over the years, Roy 
was a football coach, athletic director, and he said, said, okay, Lou, I'm just going to tell you, you can, you can either be there like you're supposed to, or I'm going to find you. Ooh. He said, well, you know, that's the way it is. And you need to work it out and you need to talk to your athletic director. So, so then the next morning he's supposed to come in there and lose downstairs and he's hanging out, you know, and that he gets ready. We, we got this buffet out there for all the coaches, you know, I mean, some nice little breakfast stuff. And so Lou gets his plate and Lee starts to leave. And, uh, he says, uh, Woody says, where are you going, Lou? He said, well, I'm just going to take this food back to my wife upstairs. And Woody says, hey, Woody. He says, hey, Lou, this is SEC. You can charge a room service to your room here. You don't need to be stealing this stuff. He said it. You don't need to be stealing this stuff and taking it upstairs. I mean, all of us were just busted on Lou so bad that first time. <laughs> and then uh, the last one was, was a year that uh, – Coach Spurrier uh, hardly ever said anything about it, but you know how he could say stuff like FSU, Free Shoes University, or you can't spell citrus without UT in it, you know, citrus bowl. So pretty, pretty sharp. But at that time, he'd had this linebacker transfer from uh, Alabama to, to uh, Florida. And uh, I can't remember his name, but he's a good player. But Coach Dubose at Alabama, they were using these deals on the cars where kids could uh, get these balloon payments and and they would, after they got out of school and get their pro contracts, they'd pay for it. But it really was kind of, you know, a little steely there. It wasn't what, like it's supposed to be. So we're all getting ready and uh, Woody says, hey, does anybody got anything else to say? And uh, it might not have been Woody, it might have been before that. I mean, it might have been Maybe uh, might have been Danny Ford. I don't remember, but and Lou and we're all getting ready to leave. And Spurrier says, "Hey, we need to talk about automobiles." And everybody's looking around, and he says, "I'm talking specifically to you, Coach Dubose. Could you tell me how you're getting those automobiles for players down there?" <laughs> and I'm telling you, it was it was like. If he could have, if he could have gone any lower in his chair in that meeting, he would have been down on the floor. Because <laughs> we're all looking at him, and Spurrier just basically called him out and said, "Hey, what well, it ended up? You saw how bad they got put on probation. He got let go, and then they brought in Mike Shula. But let's talk about automobiles." Ooh. So, did your mouth just fall open? I mean, I thought it took a lot of balls for old Spurrier just to come. All right. Well, we lost audio there for a second. Um, let me pick this up. Uh, why you guys hold tight? See if well, Dan can bring it back. Just a real fast, but uh, huh? it's gonna be a little bit worse. I'm gonna see if I can check a battery situation. Yeah, hey, I hear you now. You probably hear me. You're gonna hear Coach a little bit less, right? Yeah, now. I hear you, uh, Coach. Uh, I don't want to tell you something. Some of the stuff that's going on right now at the uh, uh, SEC Media Days. Nick Saban has been up to speak. And apparently, uh, he says, uh, according to Anthony Dasher's uh, nickname, says I have no problem with Jimbo at all. So uh, they're trying to backtrack there. Apparently, he said I didn't really say anything. I I didn't really say that anybody did anything wrong. Okay, I, and I've said everything I'm going to say about this. So uh, Dick Saban basically saying, uh, 
He thinks the boosters should be precluded from recruiting, which uh, a lot of people have agreed with him there. Although it's kind of tough. Where, where do you draw that line between a booster and uh, fans or people who are, I mean, if you're trying to get a UGA or Clemson or Alabama player to uh, sell your product, you're probably uh, interested in the team or a fan, maybe you're a season ticket holder. So that's going to be interesting. But, but uh, we have seen a little bit of a, the back and forth there between uh yeah, we should be back in business. Thumbs up if you've got Can you it. hear me okay, Ronnie? Yes, sir. We're good. I really think, I mean, certainly that, that was big news when it happened, but I really feel like the what Lane Kiffin has said is more, uh, you know, really out there from the standpoint, hey, realistically, we, we've got pro football now in college. That's what he's saying. So, hey, we're paying the players. And he says, uh, you know, basically – that that's what it is. Kids aren't looking for a school based on the education or the coach or the stadium. They're looking on what the money situation is. Now, for him to say that straight out, I mean, it might be that, that that's true, but for a coach to say that, I think that's a heck of a lot more out there than, than Coach Saban's situation there. Um, so uh, we, we'll have to see what the commissioner says about that because uh, – you know, it, it's uh, and then you got the Pac-12 is looking at some of those uh, legislators out in California are proposing that that they have their NIL that that this that any kid that's on a team in uh, in the Pac-12 in California would get 50 percent of the revenue that the school gets, which includes TV money, too. Well, if that would ever happen, then, you know, the minor sports would not have a chance because yeah. they would take all the money and all you have club sports except for football and basketball. So I don't think that'll be a national deal. But if they did that in the Pac-12, there'd be a lot of kids going to UCLA and, uh, you know, those schools because you get 50 percent of the revenue. I mean, come on. Well, I think there's going to end up being a national conversation at some point with the way these things are headed. Someone's going to bring up why are these connected to education? And what I'm going to tell you is exactly what you just said, Coach. One is that if football were to step away, then all the other sports lose the revenue, uh, especially in the South and some other places as well. I know in North Carolina, basketball is kind of the driver in a lot of those cases, but that's pretty rare. Um, but the other piece of it is you coached, you know these players way better than I ever have. But I know so many players, and not just football, but every sport, we'll say football in particular, that they're not playing football after they leave college. And they had access to classes and networks and education that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And if that ever gets devalued to the point that people actually don't see a need for it, uh, that's just going to be really sad because I think a lot of people right. miss out. Right. And, you know, there's a lot to be said uh, for a kid that doesn't actually graduate uh, from school, but you look at what the, the uh, athletic program has helped him uh, develop as a man, the discipline he learns from being on a team, from being accountable, day-to-day uh, -day stuff that they have to do, uh, you know, that just teaching a kid how to uh, have manners and do all the things that, you know, we work hard at that. So there's a lot more to education to me than, than book learning. I mean, you've got to as you know, dealing with the students you do, part of going to college is learning how to meet and deal with people. It's not just the book learning. So we hope that they'll go on and get the degree and all. But, uh, I mean, from day one back to 
when I first started coaching kids were worried about the ticket money. How much money could they get for their tickets? That was how they would get more money. Uh, what kind of summer job would they get? I mean, so it's already proliferated now to the NIL where their name and image and likeness are getting money for that. So it's, yeah. it's definitely uh, an issue out there and we'll just see how it you know, works out. But the, the best thing for our fans is that we're in a place that knows what to do, will adjust to what has to be done. If you just look at, at the MO for Kirby Smart, facilities were down when he got here. Look what we got now. I mean, in six years, uh, regardless of what the NIL is going to be pro or con, we'll be right there with the best of them. I promise you that. So yeah, Kirby's right. not going to let any slack be around here, that's for sure. Uh, and he's got a plan to – well, Kirby Smart can't implement uh, NIL, but he knows the people who can, and uh, he's going to be sure that Georgia has the best people lined up to do it. We had a story recently on the Classic City Collective. We had a, we showed where uh, fans and uh, people who are interested in that can actually contribute to the collective and how if you are a corporation, you want to get a hold of a player to uh, advertise, you know, be a sponsor – uh, you know, do some of that NIL stuff. You go through the Classic City Collective. Uh, we'll have more from Matt Hibbs and his group uh, as that they advance their uh, program over there. So we'll have more on that. And then, Coach, I think you nailed it talking about uh, Kiffin saying, look, this is a professional league. You know, it's money motivated. It's that way in pretty much all businesses. I mean, I've been approached to go different places based on money. And I, I'm like, you have loyalty. But at the same time, you're like, well, how much money are we talking about here? It's the same in every business. It's, money makes the world go round. And to think it's not going to happen in college sports, yeah, it's crazy. But I think why everyone got so excited about the whole Saban uh, uh, Jimbo thing was the the accusation of cheating. You know, they bought their players. Like It's just like uh, when you said uh, Spurrier came out and said, hey, let's talk about those cars. Like, wow, he actually said it. So that got everybody uh, ginned up and talking about it. But I think Kirby Smart had an interesting comment today when and he was asked about this. He said, look, these are the same guys that used to sit – in meetings together, uh, you know, they know each other. I'm not, you know, if, if I, coaches are going to have spats. You wish it didn't happen in public, but if any of you had ever been on the headsets during a game, you would basically see that that is uh, minuscule. So I want to <laughs> know, coach, what is it like on the headsets during those games? I mean, you're, you're all pulling for the same team, but at the same time, you got a bunch of type A personalities, a bunch of alpha dogs thinking things should happen a certain way. And I just can't imagine what it would be like to be on those headsets. Yeah, and the other thing I want to add to this is you got to figure that Florida, through the years, right up there, our number one competitor, and the new coach there, Billy Napier, has, has made it perfectly clear that he feels like NIL is the way to go. I mean, he's our competitor, and he's, he's saying we're really into it. You know, we're working at it, and it's going to be a big part of our – uh, program coming moving forward so uh, you know some people might be griping about it and saying hey what are we going to do this guy's saying hey we're going to use it at the university of florida and everybody knows the the capabilities of those florida alums uh pro or con whether you're uh, uh fair or not on recruiting they can get it but as far as the headphones uh, just for the fans there you've got basically two sets there. You've got the defensive on one set and the offense on the other. And the head coach has a switch there where he can flip from one side to the other. So uh, when the defense is out on the field, he's on the defensive phone and, on, and vice versa. And then you have a special teams group 
that has their own set too. And I think um, the rule among the uh, SEC is you can have 21, up to 21 people on a headset, maybe, you know, maybe less than that, but I, I'm not sure. But, uh, and some of these guys are told, it's okay for you to be on the headset, but if you say anything, you're going to get executed. You know what I mean? <laughs> Basically, you cannot say a word uh, because you can imagine if you're talking and then you've got some breakdowns on the offensive set where you can go a two-way where the, only the line coach is talking to his line guy and the uh, receiver coach is talking to the back, back and forth and to the uh, quarterbacks maybe coach. But you also have a, a telephone that you have up there, two telephones, one that goes down to the defensive side and one to the offense where a coach can speak specifically to a player on the phone rather than the headset. And uh, I've seen some things happen over the years. I know when we played in the uh, national championship for the uh, against Penn State, is back when fax machines were just becoming relevant, 1985. And uh, Coach Switzer was very impulsive and everything. And so we're walking out there on the field on uh, the day before the game, and we just happened to be walking by Penn State's sideline. And Switzer said, what's that right there? And I said, looks like a fax machine. Hey, they got a fax machine on the sideline for a game? Where's ours? We, where do we have – I said, Coach, we don't need a fax machine. He said, hey, we're going to get one. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, we go over there, and we got this guy scrambling, and we got to get our guy to set it up and all. It's all based on the fact you see a play happen upstairs, and you write it up, and you fax it down the sideline, and the players can see it and all. I mean, that's pretty revolutionary back then. But uh, so we had ours for the game, and we used it for one play. Uh, I don't even remember what it was, but we used it. But Switzer, boy, we were ready, man. We had that fax machine. That was going to make a difference during the game. But And uh, we had a guy, another guy, for, I'm not going to tell you what school it was for, but this one guy, this one coach was not a great coach. He's a good recruiter, and he was he was a very good man and everything. But he liked to talk a little bit too much. And, and so uh, he kept asking the coach, he said, uh, how come you don't let me – wear a headset during the game said how come you don't let me people you know some of my buddies are asking me about it and he said well you know i just i just don't want you talking and he said well you know i really would like to have one and so the coach said okay i'm gonna let you have one but there's not gonna be any wires on it <laughs> <laughs> so this guy walked along and he, he he was trying to convince him back when he didn't have headless phones you know, the wireless phones, not headless, but, you know, he, he tried to say, hey, I've just got a wireless deal where I can talk. <laughs> he was he thought that was cool. So uh, I love it. He's the same guy that had three different women come to a game one time and, they, and that he was kind of a ladies man and and he gave them tickets, but he forgot that they were all together. Oh, no. So it didn't work out very good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I, you wish he'd had a headset that day. Yeah. Talk about situation <laughs> But I'm, I'm telling you, during the course of the game, getting back, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things go on where you know after the game you say you're sorry and hey I shouldn't have said that and all that. But uh, 
Your parents actually were married. There's been some guys fired during the game that got rehired at halftime and all. But uh. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Hey, uh, speaking of halftime, we're going to need to take a quick break here to mention a couple of our sponsors, and I'm going to start off with our friends at uh, uh, Dead Soxy. Not because they have a neat program set up where we've told you about their great socks, but let's say you run a business, and you know I just put up the red and black pages at UJSports.com. It's a new message board where you can go over there and list your Georgia-owned business, i.e., are you a Georgia fan? Are you a Georgia alum? Do you run a business? Do you work at a business? Uh, do you guys pull for the Bulldogs? And come list your business on the red and black pages. And here's another great idea to kind of get your name out there, you know, to get some of the uh, these dead socksy custom socks. So if you're trying to rally your team or build an empire or, you know, uh, any of that sort of thing, put your logo where it matters. You know, you, you if, don't put it on some half-rate swag. Uh, don't put it on some, uh, you know, a pin, you know, I've got ESPN pins here. They're kind of pointless, you know. Put on some good stuff. So uh, premium custom socks uh, that will make you look good. Everybody wears socks. Everybody wears their favorite socks. They wear them all every day. So why not get, put something out there that's high quality that will become their favorite socks and have your logo on it, you know, across the toe, across the calf, wherever. We saw a bunch of those We Want Arch socks. I thought those were pretty hilarious, you know. You get the message out there. Plus, you know, it's a lasting impression. It's not something that, oh, hey, thanks for this drawstring bag that I'm going to throw away, you know, or thanks for this hat I'll never wear. They'll wear the damn socks all the time. So uh, be sure to get them a pair of that. And you don't need to worry about it if you don't have the design skills. Just, you know, reach out to uh, Dead Soxy. They will design it for you. Just give them a logo. Tell them what your idea is. They'll put it together. And, you know, these are fantastic. So it's not like they use different crappy socks. These are the same high-quality socks that you use, that you, know, you buy from Dead Soxy. So uh, I think the minimum order is 120. So it's not like you have to buy 500, you know, 5,000 pairs of socks. You can do a small order, see how well they work, see how much feed, you know, good feedback you get, do it again. So just go to deadsoxy.com custom to check out what they do with the custom socks. You'll absolutely love it. It's deadsoxy slash custom. You'll really enjoy that. And of course, today is Tuesday. Uh, we're kind of early in the show. You still have time to order lunch. Reach out to our friends at Europie. Use the Europi app and get double points today, which will get you free pizzas, free breadsticks, free gelato, stuff like that. And I always say, you know, there's a location near you. I typed in Atlanta. There are 10 locations in Atlanta. We got uh, Smyrna, Tucker, uh, Hapeville, uh, Marietta, Fayetteville, Roswell, Snellville, Milton, Peachtree City. 10 different locations in there. Uh, Grant Park. Hit up any of those locations in Atlanta. Have it ready for your way home. If it's, hey, it's a little too late right now, I'll get something on the way home. Go ahead and order it on the Europi app. Tell them what time you're going to swing by or tell them when you want to deliver it, and they'll take care of it. Shout out to the Watkinsville location. That's uh, my preferred one for where yeah. I live. Absolutely. Um, all right. Yeah, I got one more story here that I tell about every five years about the uh, headsets because it's, it's a classic. We were playing Houston in the Astrodome back in uh, 19... 71 or two and I was at Florida state and uh, the, the one defensive coach was just paranoid about, you know, headset, keeping everything up. And, and it, it was, uh, we had to get down at halftime, you know, uh, in the Astrodome and it wasn't, we, we, it was not real easy with all those different levels and everything to get up there. And so about 45 seconds ago, I said, hey, Jack, I'm going on downstairs. 
give me time to get down there and talk to the team and everything. And he said, well, I'm just going to stay up here till the, uh, you know, make sure that they don't do anything, you know, even though they're backed up and everything. So I get down there and it took me a little while to get about five minutes and you know, our team's already in there. And so we got 10 minutes to go and I'm, I'm working with the offense and everything. And uh, I noticed Jack's not there and, Five minutes to go, the referees are coming in and give you the five-minute warning, and our defensive coordinator is still not down there. And finally, he comes running in there with about three minutes to go, and uh, he talks to the defense real quick, and I, we walk him back up there, and I said, where in the heck were you? And he said, he said I was trying to find it. He said, I said, all these red mezzanine level and blue level and all this, and I couldn't find it. He said, finally, I uh, went up to uh, this place to the concession stand and to ask somebody. And this guy behind me said, no wonder they're getting their ass beat. Their coaches are <laughs> in here at halftime getting hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that was a classic. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we ended up not winning the game, but Jack was always accused of getting a hot dog up there at the mezzanine level instead of being with the defense. So, Hey, well, there's witnesses, so he, he, he's got it. That, that's pretty bold in a football game. I've heard of basketball coaches actually going to a concession stand. No, he was like going for direction. I, I know, was, but, but, like, still. <laughs> um, yeah. oh, we need to do a show one time on the worst concessions uh, in stadiums. That, that'll be a fun show. We'll let the uh, fans weigh in there, and that's, that's always a good one. Uh, Dave, let's, let's, uh, I didn't see any new – Go ahead. I'll, I'll tell that next week. Go ahead. Oh, if you got a story, coach, let it ride. Well, we were in Florida State, and Bill Parcells was a defensive coach, and uh, came up with this idea that uh, back then you could take Polaroid pictures of the uh, team of the right before the snap, so you could see what the offensive line was breaking into their stuff, or the and otherwise, but. The problem was getting them down to the sideline. You know what I mean? It was a long way. So we built this uh, system with this guy wire there where, you you know, after each series, you're going to put them on this thing and slide them down there, you know. Uh, so the first series, it worked really well. You know, he they took the pictures and Gene Henderson was up there and this guy took them and Gene looked at them and marked them down in distance and then sent them down there to Parcells on the sideline. Well, this, after the second series, they started down there and they fell off into the stands. And these guys <laughs> were looking at them, you know, hey, second three, fourth and six. Yeah. It was so funny. I mean, I mean, you can laugh at it now, but uh, and that was the that was the same year that we played Florida. Both of us four and zero, oh, and Parcells and I were going to. Uh, after the game, we were going to leave on Sunday morning, go out and we had an open day and go out to junior colleges in uh, Kansas and recruit. And he had this FSU bag, you know, garnet and gold with FSU on the back. And uh, we got out there to that Tallahassee airport, a little small airport. And our fans were mad, you know, Hey, we, we had a chance. I mean, we were good, but we fumbled two punts and ended up losing to the Gators. And uh, this guy's out there he acts like he recognizes us, and he said, man, that was terrible and all this. And Parsons says, what are you doing talking to me about it? And he said, well, aren't you a coach? He said, no. 
He said, well, what's that on your bag? And he said, what's that FSU? He said, my name's Fred Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> so we got out of that one. Clever. <laughs> That's a stop. Uh, I'd like uh, Nick Saban was uh, talking about something that's going on here. I want to mention uh, Kiffin had mentioned this earlier, but Nick Saban said that going down the road, you're going to see players dip into the uh, portal to trigger an NIL bidding war. And I want to go. I'm going down the road. Hell, we've already seen that. So they do that in recruiting too. Right. Absolutely. But hey, we mentioned that months ago before we even started seeing it. We said, look, two things to watch out for. Uh, transfer portal being used as a, oh, I'm going to leave if I don't get paid more. Or, hey, do you have more money for me? I, I just had a great season. And I'll, you know, it's like redoing your contract each year, or at least once, because you can transfer without uh, losing uh, uh, eligibility immediately. And then, uh, here's a good star players getting tons and tons of NIL. And the coach saying, hey, look, you got enough uh, NIL money. You don't need to be on scholarship. We could save that scholarship and bring you in another player that you know you can help us use. You know, so if you get a big enough deal, all of a sudden, it, it's going to be a very interesting week down in uh, Destin as they deal with some of the, uh, as uh, was mentioned, good intentions. A lot of this stuff uh, came with it was well intentioned, but the practical aspects of the NIL and the transfer portal are proving to be quite thorny. So, and coaches uh, aren't going to have anything to say about it either. I mean, they can talk mm -hmm. about it, but. Uh, President's going to decide, but I think it'd be good if we had a timeline on the transfer portal that you couldn't transfer within the league after a certain time, and you can transfer to another league. But but the thing that's going to happen with a good school like Georgia and 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 Alabama uh, and, and Ohio State, I think, is we're going to continue to flourish. And what's going to happen? Is, the difference is in the NFL. If you're a Super Bowl team, you don't draft until you're the 32nd pick, but in college, you got to pick a litter. If you need a player, a guy's going to come to a place like Georgia if he got a chance to compete for a national championship. So every year after you've maybe lost a couple of players, you can really look really hard in the transfer portal and get a player to help you win. Very similar to what they got at Alabama last year with a, with that Williamson kid, you know, uh, it's going to be like that. The best teams are going to stay up there. The transfer portal helps us just as much as the NIL does. I keep saying that there are so many parallels between what SEC football is, and not just SEC, but the top of college football and Premier League soccer right now. Because Manchester United and Premier League soccer just had the worst season since 1992 when the league began, and they finished sixth in the league. Now, that's just because of how it's structured. Like you're saying, there's no salary cap on it. They have all the money there. So a bad season there is that for them. It's not being down 15, 20 or whatever. That's going to be the case for the Alabamas, Ohio State, Georgia, if Clemson can stay up in there. that like it, Clemson's got to start taking some transfers. So, I mean, they, they got to realize yeah. that, you know, they just – you know, he's against that, but he's going to have to change. He's going to have to take some transfers. The the two things that I wanted to mention that I'm interested to see from Dustin, because I actually don't think a whole lot's going to come from it, at least not publicly. Uh, the scheduling I'm definitely interested in, because originally a year ago we heard the pod system was being thrown around. Now it sounds like it's either three permanent opponents or one permanent opponent with the divisions going away. So I'm curious to see if something comes from that. Yeah, I, I would think maybe we might get to – it, it just depends if it's a bombshell like the SEC media days where all of a sudden we 
heard that Oklahoma and, and Texas were coming to the league last July. Now they might be this bombshell, okay, 2023, they're going to be in the league and we're going to schedule it. But I don't know that they're going to show the schedule for 2024 yet if they're right. not going to be yeah. 20. I, I just think that there's too many things that got to happen between now and then to do it right away. But th- they could, but it'll be, it'll be interesting. But everybody's talking about, you know, hey, the SEC can go on and play their own national championship and do all that. That's that's not going to happen. Uh, we're we're not going to get into that type of deal right now. I don't believe. But but to that end, I am curious to see what tone Greg Sankey speaks with, because he's he's in a spot here where the commissioner of the SEC wields more power than it ever has because of the strength of the league, because of the media contracts that the league has. So I'm curious, is he going to be the – is that role, SEC commissioner, going to be the, the college football godfather, or is it going to be we work with everybody? And, and that – I'm curious to see what happens there. Well, what you're going to see from Greg Sankey is going to be a guy walking across a board where he might go a little bit this way, <laughs> a little bit this way. He's never going to go – all the way on that part, I don't think he just he, he, he doesn't have as strong as we are. Those other schools, we need them to work with us too. I mean, we, we yeah. can't be take and most you got they need to fix coaches audio. No, hold on. If I got run out of battery here, it, yeah. you might have yeah. Dave, uh, Dave's audio is fine. Yours is weak. I'm giving you my mic. Yeah, you do that. I want to mention our friends over at Academia Brewing Company while you give him that. Uh, if you, when you get a chance and you were in Athens uh, in the coming weeks for uh, summer, and if you want to watch any of the Braves games or you're just looking for a great place to go out to eat, you know, Academia Brewing Company has a fantastic restaurant. It's not just a brewing company. It's not just a brewery. It's actually a great restaurant. Uh, but if you are looking for some great beer, they have a new Spazon uh, Saison. It's brewed in uh, collaboration with the Athens Humane Society. It's a uh, tart summer uh, melon Saison. It's a perfect summer brew. Also, the art for the cans features pets from their own academia staff. So if you want to do something good for the Humane Society and have a great beer, you can go out and try the Academia Brewing Company, Spazon Saison. Spazon is a pun. I hate puns. We know this pun is the worst form of uh, humor, but this is a good cause. So we will allow the Spazon, i.e. spay your pets, Saison to uh, be advertised on the show. You're wrong about puns. It's okay. Yeah. And then uh, there's also another uh, beer out there you need to try. It's called the Imperial O Negative, and it features a uh, heavy hand of raspberry, blackberry, uh, blueberry, lactose, and Madagascar vanilla beans. Uh, has a little bit of bite, 7.1 uh, alcohol by volume. It's got a little kick to it. So if you get a chance, try the Academia uh, Imperial O Negative and the Spazon Saison. And of course, they, you know, they have. Trivia nights, uh, comedy shows, live music, uh, beer and brunch, uh, beer and biscuit brunch on the weekends, uh, the outdoor patio, uh, car shows. So there's always something going on at Academia Brewing Company. Hit them up when you get a chance. And while you're on that side of town, if you go down about less than a mile, maybe a half mile, you can swing by Athens Ford. Uh, they have two over 200 vehicles on the lot. So if you were like me and you had to buy a uh, vehicle for your kid who's going off into the great big world, or if you're a uh, just need to update your vehicle. You need a new vehicle. You need a used vehicle, which are almost impossible to find. Swing by our friends at Athens Ford. They have over 200 of them on the lot. That is not a typo. You know, when you see 250, 300 cars on the lot, that is legit. I've been out there. I've seen them. You know, just 
rows upon rows of actual used cars. Uh, incredibly good deals considering where the market is right now. You need to go out and check out our friends at Athens Ford. Is a fantastic. They get five star recommendations all the time. You're going to have a great time out there when it comes to buying a new vehicle, or if you're just trying to keep yours running. Go back, check out their uh, parts department, check out their service department, uh, get maintenance done, get your car fixed. They will be able to take care of it for you. The, the uh, updates that they send you about where your car is, it's not like you drop it off and you just wonder. They do great updates, and it's a fantastic place to get your car serviced. So check them out when you get a chance. And since we're in our watch-along studio, let's give a quick shout-out to uh, Bud Light Seltzer and Leon Farmer and his team that sponsor the UGA Sports Watch-Along Show. Uh, we didn't really plan to necessarily do the show from here today, but I was over here watching some tennis with Coach. Uh, French Open's happening right now, and we said, let's just do it downstairs. Good, good. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. <laughs> that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, we've got about 10 minutes left in the show, so let's get to the Let's get to those. Yeah, we'll, we'll go pretty quick with this. I love this from Brian K. Whitehead. What did y'all think about Nate McBride, the former linebacker at Georgia, winning the Coca-Cola 600 as the Jackman with the number 11 team? Hey, that's impressive. Uh, you know, Nate's a very strong guy, and uh, they, they need people like that working in there. It's amazing the teamwork that goes into those pit stops. Uh, I was able to go to a couple of NASCAR races and be down there with them. And they're real, you know, they film each one of them and look at what they can do for the next one and very organized. And uh, Nate jumps right in there. He, he, he's got to be proud of, of uh, getting the win. Uh, Chuck Ward noted that uh, the order that we mentioned of the seating at uh, the SEC meetings in Destin is alphabetical by team. So Kirby Smart was Georgia in between Florida and Kentucky. Only way that we needed for somebody out there to decipher is the great Chuck Ward coming through for us as usual. He he's a master at uh, figuring out stuff that just is so routine that we can't even figure it out. Hey, I, I did want to mention uh, Nate McBride. Also, the McBride family helped get uh, Stetson Bennett in one of those uh, Blue Angels uh, hmm. uh, rock uh, rockets, one of the jets. When uh, the, the Blue Angels performed at the Vidalia Air Show, it was the uh, McBrides that reached out to Stetson Bennett and got him hooked up. We had an exclusive with uh, Stetson Bennett talking about his time in that uh, cockpit. He said it was the most amazing thing he's ever done. I'm like, didn't you win a national title? But he says uh, everyone's talking about uh, the uh, Maverick movie. He says all the stuff you see in Top Gun, that's what they do in real life, and it just – and he didn't throw up. He was very proud of that. Uh, he said he had a little wobbly when he got when he stepped back on the ground. But uh, uh, I, I imagine I'm telling you now that that's a different scenario in one of those cockpits. Now I haven't been actually in one of those uh, ones like Stetson was in, but my friend Nelson Bowers had, likes to collect things, and he had this MIG from Czechoslovakia, this plane that he had for like a couple of years and, and I went up in it and, and uh, uh, I was in the back seat there and the guy said, just remember this button right here. If, we, if I tell you to eject, that's what it is. <laughs> as soon as he told me that, I said, is there any way we can cancel Let this right now? Yep. Let me but it, it was, I said, can you imagine us flying over these airspace and they're seeing a Czechoslovakian MIG? Is somebody going to try to shoot us down or anything? But, no, we, we made it. It was fun. But uh, I would recommend going to see that Top Gun. I would say it's pretty good. 
so what do we got next? Well, quickly on Vidalia, Georgia. Uh, so I used to go I'm from East Dublin, so I'm only about 40 minutes away. I used to go to the dentist there, Hugh Jordan. And uh, we go there one time and he recommends, he said, while you're here, make sure you go down to Bill's Donuts after. And I'm thinking, the dentist telling me to go to the donut shop. This feels <laughs> like a little a little con they have happening here. They're both making money off each other. That's good. I mean, you know, you get the sweet tooth and then get in there and get the cavity. Yeah. But uh, also shout out to Paul Claxton from down there in Vidalia area. Uh, played golf at UGA and just uh, got like sixth or seventh in the PGA senior uh, last weekend. Yeah. Uh, pretty impressive for Paul. He's, I, can, uh, I can top both of y'all. I got a buddy down there by the name of Al Bland who sends us a case of Vidalia onions every year. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. Very sure. good. So what do we got here? All right. From the dog vent at UGA Sports. Hey, Coach, who will be Georgia's backup center if the need arises? And then also, how is Chad Lindbergh progressing? We don't hear much about him. That's from EB1. I feel like Lindbergh's making some progress. You know, he he just been a victim of uh, good personnel ahead of him. and uh, But I, I feel like Erickson was a starting center, got hurt in preseason camp last year. Uh, you really don't realize how big that kid is till you see him in person. Now, compared to some of the larger guys, he's not, but he's very, very well put together, and he's a, a very good technician. And you know, he's been playing guard, but I would think that that'd probably be the move we'd make. He'd be the backup if uh, something happened to Van Van uh, Van Pran. Van Pran. Yeah, I think it's Van Pran, probably Erickson behind that, and then. We know Blasky's gotten some reps there. You mentioned Warren McClendon could potentially yeah. be emergency if something happened on the road. Right. Um, another question from UGASports.com. Uh, this is actually a bit of a riddle for you, Coach. A uh, riddle. Yeah, Utley1992 says, what can you add to a barrel full of water to make it weigh less? To a barrel full of water. Yeah, what can you add to a barrel full of water to make it weigh less? Stetson Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have said air, and then uh, he came back later and said that the answer is holes. You add holes to a bucket of water, and then it weighs less. Right. So well done. So is, can you hear – somebody text me, they can't hear me. Can the people hear me out there? Yes, sir. Yeah, I think we fixed it when I handed yeah. you. All right. Um, all right, last one from the dogment from Scuffletown Dog, and uh, also came on YouTube and made sure that we saw this. So thanks, John, for sending that along. This is from uh, Poppy and Mimi's Pecans. I'm assuming this is South Georgia, so I'm saying pecans and not pecans. Uh, he wanted to know, Coach, he said, I heard, did I hear you correctly say in another show that Stetson Bennett has the best football IQ of anyone you know? I don't know if it's anyone I know, but I'm talking about his – his. But he has definitely the uh, IQ of a, of, a, of a brilliant tactician to, to play quarterback. He knows the, the ins and outs of every bit of our offense, and he's among the better – uh, guys, I've talked to football wise over the years. I don't go in those meetings with them and, and know the nomenclature or the, the calls that they make and all, but I know that our coaches are really impressed with his football IQ, and uh, that would be something that really sticks out for him as far as uh, how it compares with guys over the past. I don't know, but you know, they talk about some of these coaches that can remember every play that that they called and all that and all these things. And realistically, most coaches can to a certain extent, not down to the nth one, but 
I think anybody could ask me about a call on any game I ever called, and I would be close on it. I don't know. It's just because they stick out in your mind. That's your job. You know it in inside and out, and you know all the different ways you call plays. I mean, back when I called plays in college, it was a lot different than when I started coaching and then go to different places and just different verbiage and all. What we used to – people used to call the route tree one through nine you know and some people call it a letter tree so a, a nine route in a uh, one group might be a t route and another for takeoff you know or or a four route is a curl route or you, you might call it an h route for hook so i mean it's just all what you call it what would you call a flea flicker and i'm sure that's like four different places that you could have called it different things but uh, give me an example of what that call is Split right 32 yo-yo. We call it yo-yo because it's what it was. You got it and you yeah. yo-yoed it back. Hey, Coach, I want to ask you about um, uh, Dane had a post on the dog vent that there's new turf in Sanford Stadium now. And, uh, Dane, we lost your mic, by the way. That's, uh, but, so, Coach, give me your uh, – Here's the deal. On, here's the deal on our turf and everything like that. Uh, we've got tremendous uh, – people that work with our athletic department or within our athletic department. And we got some good turf that we can get re reasonably fast put in and replace it and all. And part of the deal is uh, we have the money to do it. And uh, coach smart is very, very big on having the best uh, turf out there possible to, for not only safety reasons, but also uh, aesthetically, it looks great. So, uh, we're getting ready to have a ton of people come in for uh, the next couple weeks here. As far as I mentioned, camps, uh, college uh, kids that are going to be uh, rising seniors looking for where to go to the school. And and you look at the stadium uh, grass, I mean, it, it's impressive. So uh, I think most of the years right now about this time that, that we get that replaced and we also get the one in the one of the practice fields you know, we got the new one already up there. Yeah. That, uh, but that's just Kirby being on top of everything. He doesn't miss too much. He likes he likes for everything to look like it's game day. <laughs> well, no, hey, this weekend, and uh, there's a reason we moved our Monday recruiting show uh, to Thursday. The guys that do the uh, uh, rumors versus fiction show, uh, excuse me, rumors versus fact show, moved their Monday show to Thursday to preview the upcoming recruiting weekend at Georgia. It's going to be a wild one. They're going to have a ton of guys, uh, big names, and all through June. It's going to be uh, lots of big visits, lots of official visits. So, but that first weekend, it, it's a it's a Lulu. It's coming on. So, uh, be sure to tune into that show Thursday. Hey, this is the weekend that uh, Arch Manning comes, right? That would be that would be a big name. Speaking of, uh, yeah, I understand. I understand that uh, Kirby's moving out of his house and Arch's family's moving <laughs> in. <laughs> well, that's a perfect. Uh, I was kind of uh, underselling it there because we had a question from CCUGA. He says, "Coach, how would you sell Arch Manning on Georgia over Texas?" Well, the first thing I would do is I don't ever talk about another school. I think okay, most coaches. That's just your your uh, forte. You talk about your strengths, and you don't get too involved unless he asks you a particular question about that school. You might say, "Hey, they really suck," but no, you don't <laughs> say that. But uh, from my standpoint, uh, 
if if Arch was sitting here and I was trying to uh, put put the uh, clothes on him, I'd say, you know, one of the things that you're always looking for is stability in a program, Arch. You're Arch over there, buddy. And you want to look at uh, where you're going to be uh, now and where you're going to be four years from now and who's your boss and what kind of stability do you have? Do you want to base it on the fact that, that I'm getting ready to sign a new 10-year contract worth about $11 million a year or you want to go to a place where things aren't really up in the, uh, near as established and uh, you're going to take a real risk? Now, you don't need to take a risk here. we got an offensive coordinator who's getting ready to sign a new three-year contract that's going to be here. He's going to be your boss and work with you. We got some tremendous facilities for you to develop as a young man. You know, the, the town itself, you've already been around here three or four times and, uh, Hey son, this is the deal for you. And here's a check for a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I, I, I was just a little bit of it there. No, that's a good one. That's a good pitch. I think that that will work, and uh, we'll see if we can get him that uh, pitch this weekend. Uh, one, of the other things you, one, one of the other things you want to do is always get them talking and and ask them what exactly is going to make the difference for you, and uh, you know, get make them make them talk a little bit. And uh, uh, that's a, that's a great point, Coach. I remember speaking to a recruiting guy at Georgia under Mark Rick years and years ago, and I said, "What do you guys What do you guys look for?" He said, "The lever." We're looking for the lever. Who, what is it that makes this kid pick you? Or what's he going to base his pick on? Or who in his group is going to be the one really making the pick? Is it his mom, his dad, pastor, trainer, uh, street agent, uh, play in time? You know, what is the number one thing? What's the lever? And I'm like, he says, once you figure that, you know whether or not you're going to get a kid. I'm like, oh, okay. A quarterback with the last name Manning is about to really test the, the strength of this NIL world. Because, yeah. like, you're not going to find many people coming into college football with that level of notoriety without having played a college now and yet. Yeah. But here's the thing. I'm told that he doesn't really – they're not really looking into that as much. He doesn't one, need the money. Yeah, one of the, other things, one of the other things that really is always good for me in closing out a kid or a young man was, uh, again, your Arch. You know, one of the hardest things, Arch, is not necessarily telling me yes, but you telling these other schools no. And you got to find some way to do that and, and not worry about it. Because if you're going to spend your time being down in the dumps about telling somebody no, instead of being fired up about telling me yes, then I can help you with that. You know, you, you don't have to justify this decision. Just understand that you should celebrate coming here and not worry about having to tell these other people no. You've been working on it all this time and it's hard to do that, but it shouldn't be a situation that, that you feel bad about. Just go and tell them no, tell me yes, and let's get it rolling. You volunteer to reach out to those other coaches for him? No, I mean, we, you know, we got people who can get it to them. So. I'll, I'll tell them. Don't you worry about it. I'll let them know. Yeah, just like, hey, Sark, uh, I heard that uh, – uh, uh, I mean, see, I was, hey, Sark, I heard that uh, – that, I'm going to tell you straight out. I heard that Arch Manning's not coming to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know. I don't know. I can't tell you my source on that, but yeah. A uh, couple other questions to wrap up the show. We got uh, one from Run the Damn Ball. He says, uh, "Will they be selling beer in Sanford Stadium this year?" Uh, we they found said, out this past week they will not. Said no. Yeah. What else? 
Uh, Dallas Dog says we'll be selling hard liquor though. <laughs> we and, and the tailgate stand is still behind, undefeated. Behind uh, gate nine, they got some moonshine going too. <laughs> Uh, Dallas Talk says, Coach, what is the biggest public fight you've had with a coach? Uh, and any have you had any behind-the-scenes spats with coaches? Public fight? Public fight, yeah. Did you ever have a Jimbo slash uh, – not, not, uh, not that I know of. Not that I know of. And then behind the scenes, I mean, I, if I did, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> Well, I always appreciate Dallas Talk. You know, most coaches respect each other. That's all you can hope for. You can't really like them to the standpoint of, uh, you know, interacting with them daily. You got such a different type of situation. You got friends in other conferences and all, but uh, it's hard to be call up other coaches and talk to them about stuff in your own league. Uh, Riley has a two-part question, Coach. He says, who was the biggest loss off of last year's team and which – freshman incoming freshman i'm assuming in this group that's reporting today uh, are you most excited about that's a tough one i would say three part there on today the humphrey's uh singletary and marvin jones I, i'm all three i'm five star players gonna be here and as far as the biggest loss uh there you know it's it's just hard to I mean, if you trust NFL evaluators, it's Trayvon Walker based on overall talent. If you trust Georgia production, it's hard to look past N'Kobe Dean. Yeah. So what do you say as a general manager? I'd probably say N'Kobe Dean based off college production and, right. and how well he led that defense. But, the, you know, what Trayvon Walker can be in, you know, in Georgia's system, he wasn't going to be what the NFL thinks he can be. Yeah, you, just, you can't get too caught up in that as much as what, what's happening in, happening now. But we certainly had some major losses for sure. I say losing Dan Lanning was big just from from the standpoint of organization and guy calling the shots. Now, you're going to have very similar personnel doing that, but you're going to have somebody that hasn't ever done it before. And Coach Schumann, who I know has done it a lot as far as helping Dan Lanning, but it's, it's it, I feel very confident he'll be good at it. And he's got Muschamp and uh, Coach Smart helping him too. And if George is not good at punting this year, we're going to say it's Jake Camarda. That was the biggest loss. Hey, we're not going to punt much. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good good answer, but I don't see it. No, your answer is better. I don't think we're going to punt much. No, we will kick some field goals, though. I guarantee you we'll kick those field goals. Yeah, I thought that hey, – right, that was a really good question. It's a tough one, though. Biggest loss when you have, you know, five first-rounders gone and then get three five-stars walking in the door today. Who's the, the – yeah, that that's tough. Well, the good the thing is it's not tough to say uh, uh, shout out to our sponsors. We appreciate them very much. Athens Ford, of course, uh, Europi, Academy Brewing Company, and Dead Soxie. We also appreciate everyone that sent in a question. Be sure to do that again next Tuesday. We'll be wrapping up a huge recruiting weekend in uh, Georgia. Uh, we'll have more on uh, any of the updates from the kids that have uh, – popped in. Hopefully we'll maybe even have some uh, camp updates for you next week. And uh, of course we will get back to your questions. So tune in next Tuesday at noon, uh, back on this same YouTube channel, the same Facebook page, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And we really appreciate it. And we will see you next week. Take care folks. Say good night, Gracie. Say good night.